Filmmaker Commentary, episode 157. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Tyson Jr. I'm joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 1989. What do we have for budget and box office for this wonderful film? Ah, so <laughs> on a $28 million budget, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation raked in a worldwide gross of $74 million the most successful of the National Lampoon's franchise. Wow. What number was this one? Of all This of was the third one. The third one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember this one. I do remember this one. I, have, I remember certain scenes from it. Um, I say the box office, that's a win. It is a win. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that over the years, since 1989, I mean, this is always on, you know, some network. Constantly. Constantly. So, since, since we were kids. Yeah. Since, since it came out in rotation every year. I would argue this is a billion dollar franchise. Ooh. Yeah, for real. Mm. I mean, we know that Hollywood doesn't give us the real numbers. Like they haven't given us any, especially from, so it was 75 million. That's the quote unquote box office. And we don't know worldwide licenses. We don't know, um, home entertainment because I mean that, that was like at the, I mean, the golden era of home entertainment. That's true. VHS blockbuster. And then when DVDs came out, and that cover right there, and this this I tried to I tried to get I tried to rent the 4K version, yeah, from Movie Trading Company, but uh, they didn't have it. Because I was like, I was like, man, I, I I wanted to see it in in 4K, yeah, see what that would look like. But that 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 release just came out this year, okay, 4K version. So yeah, it's still since 1989, gen- right? Generating money, yeah, you know, thirty so. over thirty years, yeah. I would say it's uh it's worth a billion at least. Yeah. Dirty Dancing, you know, we talked about we didn't talk about it, but. Uh, from the movies that made us like that's a billion dollar franchise mm. did you see that clip that i that i sent uh i think i sent it to you but somebody had taken because we were talking about this just the other day what if you changed the music to something yes somebody had taken that clip of d- the last dancing of dirty dancing <laughs> they taken it and they replaced it with the intro theme to the muppets oh no i haven't seen that yeah i sent it to you on ig it's, uh, oh okay. i'll it's, check it out i'll check it out it's pretty funny because it's it, like the moves sync up it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous that's hilarious changes the whole movie sways he's doing his moves it's 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 pretty good like that that really works but yeah it makes it makes it ridiculous uh did this film get like any awards or what was the sentiment what was going on not a dang thing. Wow. I got, this is one of the first times I've, I've gone into IMDb under the details section where I normally pluck the awards. Right. Like, awards not even mentioned. Like, no nominations or anything. Or if it did, maybe somebody missed. I don't know. But there's nothing here. That's wonderful. Under my normal resources. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, what, was the, what, what were the uh, critics thinking of the time when this came out? Was there, what was the, the, the vibe, signs of the times? Uh, this, I mean, this got a lot of love. I mean, honestly, coming off of uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation, mm-hmm. which is, I, I watched that earlier this year. I had seen that one in years. And that one still, I, I found that one still to be fun. Again, 
dated. It's, it's of course a little dated. Yeah, it's in the eighties humor, but it still had some 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 pretty good laughs because the the Griswolds are great at being out of place. Oh. So they had been building up this franchise and Chevy Chase. You know, coming I mean, in the eighties, he was he was the man. He was doing his thing. Yeah, and so. Um, yeah, for a holiday film, I mean, for it to to come in at that seventy five mil, it uh, it was doing its thing. So, okay. and it has become a, a a Christmas staple. Absolutely, man. When I well, we'll get into we'll get into Christmas stuff. Oh, one other thing, because we mm-hmm. have to, you know, we have to give a shout out to uh, to our homie, the the one who, of course, wrote the script, um, uh, Mister John Hughes. Oh yeah. So hey, you know he was he was knocking out these these hits, man. So just just another it's, one underneath his belt. It's interesting how like this one. Well, I wonder if this was a. Do you remember if this was the one that Chris was supposed to direct, Christopher Columbus, and then Chris Columbus, <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> get the right Columbus. Let's get the right one. Uh, was this the one that he was working with uh, Chevy Chase on? Because it was like kind of written around the same time. I think I think this would have been it. Yeah, because it would have been it would have been close enough because this was eighty nine. Yeah, to then pivot into into home because well this probably would have been in production then 80, 87, 88. Yeah, and so it'd have been time to pivot into production into uh, Home Alone in 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 eighty nine to then have it ready to drop in ninety. Yeah. So yeah, I'm positive this this would have been it. Yeah, yeah, but you know it's interesting how like. For, and we'll get into styles later, but just how the different styles with from the same writer, same kind of comedy style and everything like that, how it just gives a different vibe. Very much so. Even though it's comedy, it's still a different vibe. I think... Or tone. I think Home Alone comes into its own, even the way it looks, uh, as yeah. opposed to this, the, the, the style. But it's also this, this director, this is his first feature film. I guess it's also Christopher Columbus's. Yeah, his, absolutely. His first interesting ah uh, yeah it's uh yeah and then and then this guy it wasn't like his first time picking up a camera he was directing commercials yeah that's true yeah it's interesting hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> i wonder yeah i wonder i wonder how with columbus being a writer how that you know if that how that may have played into things because yeah yeah also had a lot of newer people yeah we're rehashing okay that, but yeah anyway but yeah um <laughs> National Lampoon. But before we talk further about National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, let's talk about TV news and movies watched. So in the news, actually across various um, various websites and, and reporting outlets, of course, uh, again, unfortunately, another another passing away of one uh, Kirstie Alley. Oh, um, that's right. From uh, from um, Cheers fame, and also I believe there was a show she was on called Fat Actress. I think that was on Showtime back in the day. Yeah, but uh, she passed away. So and we can't forget. It. Look who's talking. Oh man, of course, of course. <laughs> look who's talking. She she had a a, a unique vibe in her her delivery and mm-hmm. her 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 comedic stylings. But uh, but yeah, uh, good fun memories of her in the in the eighties and True. early nineties. True. But yeah, I mean, it's again. This I don't know. I mean, there's people that pass away every year, but it to, this year it feels like more. Really, um, at least at least at least as far as what, what from a you know we we're doing our news on here. I've I've just seen I've just seen a lot more on I am in the news than mm-hmm. than I remember previously. And uh, you know, as we as we're getting older, the people that were old to us when we were watching movies when we were younger, like though we know those people. Yeah, and so it's like it kind of hits a little differently. But I mean, there's. I don't know. It, just, it feels like more. The reporting I'm seeing more of it when I when I go. Oh, more reporting of it. 
Yeah. Okay. And it's just, I'm like, man, okay, nothing. But nonetheless, just, you know, we thank her for her, her contribution. Uh-huh. And in this field of entertainment, right, that we go to at times to be inspired, to escape, to laugh. Uh, we thank you, Miss Allen, for, for what you contributed to us um, uh, through the years. And uh, rest in peace. And, um, you know, condolences to, to your family and uh, to your, your, your friends and to your fans and colleagues. Absolutely. All right. And another bit of news I think you'll appreciate, Reginald. So I, I came across this article in IndieWire. Okay. And it says, Scream 2 screenwriter regrets killing off Jamie Kennedy's character. He should have been Legacy. Oh. And I'll just simply give a quote from the article from yeah. one Samantha Bergenson, or Burgesson, you know, where the, um, the, the screenwriter, That's great. Kevin Williamson, said that I would have given him a much bigger life had I known this franchise was going to live and live. Yeah, that's rough uh, because it kind of messes up part three in a way when uh, we need him again. But instead we get his sister or cousin. I can't remember because it was in Hollywood. And he's like, yes, he left a tape. So he had to come back anyway, but he came back in tape form. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, since we covered the yeah. whole screen franchise. Indeed. I thought it was uh, very appropriate. to When I saw that, I was like, oh, I've got I've to share this with Reggie. Yes, that was good. Yeah, I like that. Glad, glad he admitted that. Yes, sir. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for news. What have you been watching, sir? Um, any trailers? I haven't watched any new trailers. Um, but I did watch. Did I say this last time? Pee Wee's Big Holiday. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, you didn't. This was random. It was on Netflix. I mean, it's 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 holiday season, so that a bunch is. of random stuff is going to show up. And uh, apparently, Pee Wee. <laughs> Known for Pee Wee's Big Adventure and the TV show. Like, I used to watch it. I don't know what it was about the TV show when I was little. It w- it just seemed off a little bit. Yeah. And, and it was like. You couldn't stop watching. Yeah, it was like, weird. Like, this is so kooky. Yes. And even like in the uh, the actual film, the Pee Wee's and uh, his film that came out, it seemed kind of creepy. And it was like on the edge of, this is like adults. But it's like we're kind of, as a kid, we're getting away with watching it. So interesting enough. I, I didn't realize this. Well, I, actually, I may have realized this, but his he was he was doing like a comedy show, like on either on Broadway or like a one man show. Uh-huh. He, he had created this character, and yeah, it was more adult like related humor, like smarter humor. Somehow they got pulled in to uh, <laughs> do a, 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 a kids show. But why? I mean, why would he say no? The dude's making movies, he's making money. It. Yes, it was it, it was it was his time. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was that character was geared more towards like adult stuff. It's hilarious. So, mm. it, so like it, it, it's on that edge of you know it's adult comedy. But I, I didn't as a kid, I didn't really understand any of the adult stuff. But I was like, but since he's so silly, mm-hmm. you can like laugh at the slapstick stuff or how awkward he is. Yeah, and he's like committed to this Pee Wee character. Like he stays in character one hundred percent. Yeah, it doesn't come off like um, what was it called? Uh, when when you become a, like a, a messed up version of yourself, parody? a parody. Yes, uh-huh. it didn't come off like he was a parody. He's like I, he's still committed to this character. That's kind of like Freddy was, Cougar. Wait, so this was a recent thing? This came out in 2016. Whoa, yeah. So it's called Pee Wee's Big Holiday. It's a Christmas special. So I don't know. I was like, fine. How was it? I'm curious now. I, it was funny. Okay, that's all. I, I need to know. It was surprising. It was silly, of course, but funny. I was like, and it had like these little like. 
teaching lessons. Okay. So my wife was like, well, <laughs> I was like, you got to watch this with me. Did you watch any PBL stuff? She was like, no. I was like, okay. I'm, oh, this is her intro. Yeah. To and so she was like, what the? <laughs> but she hung in and she was like, this is, I hate to admit it, but this was actually kind of entertaining. Mm. <laughs> so I did not expect that. And then some of like some of the things, you know, he's going on an adventure. You know, that's his thing. He's going on an adventure. But um, yeah, I think it's actually kind of worth checking out during the holiday season. Uh, you might not care after <laughs> after December. Way to keep it real, Reginald. Yeah, uh, there's an expiration date on this. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean that's true, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember last year watching uh, Jingle Jangle. Yeah. on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I was scrolling through, and I saw it pop up again. I was like, oh, I enjoyed that last year. I don't want to sit and watch it yet, yet again. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated what it's it was. It's got to be yeah. a classic because if it was a classic, you watch it again right during that's, the Christmas. That's, that's, that's know, fair. It's hard to become a classic. Very much so, and especially a holiday a holiday classic. I think is even tougher because you only have that. You have that small window where you got to make mm-hmm. such an impression. Yeah, such a feeling. It's got to be a feeling that makes you say, "I want, I, I want to feel this again." It was so powerful. But that's that's extra tough now with so much content. When you yeah. scroll through before, it was programming, right? Yeah. Flip a channel. Oh, this is on already. Ah, might as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between flipping through titles versus flipping into the, the middle of the story or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're waxing poetic, but uh, okay. Pee Wee's Christmas or holiday. Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Ah, okay. Pee Wee's <laughs> Big Holiday. All right, I might have to scope that out. Yeah. And and then I just watched um, a couple, uh, episode of Rick and Morty. And that was it. Mm. So I, I did get caught up on Rick and Morty. Oh man, now that's, that's the show still nuts, so nuts, so crazy. But it was again. I, I had messaged you mm-hmm. uh, when, again. It's it, the show is smart. Yeah. The show is very smart. Mm-hmm. It's very clever. Uh, <laughs> when they had you know pre the, you know a character name previously you know you see previously on yeah but you know they after a while they the way they were saying it was previously Leon yep and I'm like oh that's Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And then he, I just, yeah, it's you know, Rick and Morty. Recaps everything. He was great. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but there was some brilliance yeah. within within the show, within the uh, the the grossness. Yeah, it's one um, of my guilty ones. And there was one urine man. What was his name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was? Oh man, what was that character's name? I'm not going to remember. But Piss yeah. master. <laughs> that was yes, <laughs> Piss master. Ah, oh, dude, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> now see that. See with Rick and Morty, like those are episodes like I could rewatch because there's so much going on, and they're short. They're like 25 minutes, something like that. Yeah. You can just put on season one and just play them. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Like, there is so much going on, and <laughs> and they do they do callbacks to stuff from other seasons. It, it feels like. Again, like comic books slash whatever, where they they're pulling all these different aspects and tropes mm-hmm. from these things, like fan fanboy things, pop culture things, and they they weave it into something pretty, pretty brilliant. And they call themselves out on their own crap. So like even when they do bad writing in that episode, the writer is reporting on the bad writing. So it's very season. meta. Yeah, the show is absolutely meta. Anything else? That's it for me. I got a couple of things here. So trailer wise, I watched the newest trailer for Megan with a three. Yes. I'm glad you finally checked it out. I mean, I watched the first trailer when you told me about it. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is. So there's another version. Yeah, this is this is the updated, updated trailer. It almost <laughs> it's one of those trailers that almost gives away too much. I think, oh, okay. I think after about three fourths of the way, I was like, OK, you let me stop. Because like, yeah, they're showing me too much at this point. I thought the first trailer was was enough. 
Yeah, this one, apparently they wanted to give you more. <laughs> Just watch it. But yeah, this is, this is new age. This is new age Chucky right mm-hmm. here. Um, and the lead character, the lead actress, I mean, um, is she the actress from I Spit on Your Grave? No. It isn't her? No. It's this, she's, she was from a, obviously you saw her in, in Get Out, but she was also. That's a, what it was. Yeah. Get she out. was on a show called. She looks similar to that girl in Get Out. She was on a show called uh, Girls that was on HBO that ran for several seasons. Leah Dunham's Girls. She played a uh, Marmy, I think her character's name was. But yeah, Allison Williams. I think it's Allison, Allison Williams. Allison Williams, yeah. But she's, she's yeah, she's talented. So I'm glad to see her getting a, 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 some, some, some more movie shine. Okay, okay. So I watched that new trailer. I also watched on Netflix um, Aubrey Plaza in Emily the Criminal. What platform is this on? Netflix. Yeah, just a kind of a, a short Emily the Kim Criminal. Emily the Criminal. Okay, uh, just a, you know, it was an entertaining short film. Just you know, someone kind of down down on their luck who, you know, was trying to trying to get like better you know better work, but had a had committed some kind of crime in her past, mm-hmm. and then every time she'd go for a better job, that was getting in the way, and then an opportunity arises to make some quick money doing something illegal, mm-hmm. and the question is, will she take that risk? Mm. So. Anyway, but yeah, but uh, it was it was pretty entertaining. I, 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 I'm a fan of Aubrey Plaza. She's very weird and, and quirky. Mm-hmm. That quirky isn't the right word for her. She's 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 weird and um, kind of obtuse, and okay. and she's but she's real smart. And so I wanted to see kind of more of her performances. So I've been trying to like track down some of her movies. I finished Ingrid Goes West. I finished that today. Uh, but yeah, but Emily the Criminal, pretty pretty interesting. But on Netflix. Speaking of uh, just Megan, remember she was in uh, Child's Play, Aubrey Plaza. She was the main lead in that one. Man, I forgot about that. Yeah, she was. Man, I totally forgot. That about was Andy's that. mother. Snap, huh? Yeah, all right, man. But she's out there getting her work, and she. I think with Emily the Criminal, she actually um, helped produce the film because she's got a. I know one of her. I think her her Twitter handle is Evil Hag, and it's like <laughs> it was like Evil Evil Hag Productions. I saw them, and I'm like, ah, okay, so she's doing some producing. Uh, I also saw, I I watched three episodes today of Harry and Meghan on Netflix. Harry and Meghan. Oh my God. Okay, yes. Dude, Meghan Markle. Markle. I mean, that's such a like uh, unique last name that is like, you know exactly who that is. M-M. And they they refer to themselves as H and M like throughout the, throughout the doc. I, um... I always think of her as Rachel because, I, and she was suits. in suits. Right. I was like, "Dang it, Rachel, you messed it up for everybody." <laughs> yo, this is this this thing is really. No, I mean, I'm not you know big into you know reality. Quote, yeah, celebrity gossip Ish. things like that. This is really good oh. because this is them telling their story. Like, I mean, I didn't know much about you know Megan, but man, you get you get like really insight to her growing up. She's super smart, mm-hmm. very smart, very academic. And you get you get more you know, about about Harry his growing up and it, this this delves into you know like Prince's diet what it was like like what it was like for him growing up as a kid a part of the royal family and just how voracious the British paparazzi is even like when his mother died and them having to put on the wares of you just want to cry and mourn the loss of your mother but you have to have this stiff upper lip and you have to 
shake all these people's hands and 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 let them grieve while you hold you know hold your visage together it's pretty powerful but they they dive into so much and even how they met their relationship it's yeah that's that's interesting though and kind of interesting her background because you know uh sometimes she can play like the racially ambiguous person um in some of the roles that she did but um she's obviously a little bit more african-american based on you know she speaks to those things so any like you know stuff menus cover is one thing but this this is her actually being able to share her side of things which is which is because I've been, we've been following me and my wife. We've been following her for a little while. Because I mean, we were a friend of her since you know watching Suits, and she was with that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of seeing like how her family like treated her like kind of terribly. You know, going over to when she first got married, and they dive, they dive, they dive yeah. into all that. They really kind of break these things down and decisions that had to be made. But yeah, I, I if you you're a fan. Definitely, man. You, you, and you and the missus will will enjoy this. Okay, it's the first three episodes are on Netflix, and then the next three are gonna drop on Thursdays. You gotta say, I'm like, man, I'm hooked. I, I like, <laughs> got him. Like, man, this is this is yeah, it's very well done. Yeah, very well done. And they're mm-hmm. they're pulling so much footage in from other stuff, and yeah, um, yeah, Harry and Megan. Harry and Megan. Yeah, they've been pushing that heavy. I've been seeing that propped up. It's holiday season too, so why not? True. True. Uh, also, I watched Car Watch. I know we were supposed to cover that yes. a couple episodes back, <laughs> but uh, I had the I had the DVD, so I was like, oh, you know what? That's not I popped that in. I hadn't watched Car Wash in twenty years. At wow, least. been a long time. Wow, I've never seen it. Ah, as a kid, this thing was on all the time. Really, and I, it, like I had happy memories as a kid. I mean, I mean, I'm talking like three years old. I remember the imagery from oh, Car Wash because I remember so- seeing it back when we lived in Washington, and wow. that was, you know, from age like two to four there. And that's when I, remember when I first saw the imagery, and then hearing the music, hearing the song Car Wash. And just seeing like everybody's like kind of there's there's this you know kind of this a little bit of joy kind of around it. But when you watch the film, it's got some it's got every character has a little bit of an arc, and there's some messages kind of within it as well. So yeah, car wash was 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 a lot of fun, and okay. uh, I I enjoyed it. It was it was nice to revisit that. I was surprised, and written by one Joel Schumacher. Huh. Yeah, I was like, huh, I had no boys. idea this guy. Yeah, and Batman. For <laughs> Batman and Robin, and I think yeah. Batman Forever. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we can't all be winners. Yeah. Nope. But uh, <laughs> I also on HBO Max. No, oh, maybe that was on Netflix. Netflix or HBO, uh, or HBO Max. I watched Bullet Train. Yes. Did like, you dig Brad Pitt? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, man. If you if you dig action, of course, this film has it. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> this film has it in spades. Okay, and yeah, yeah, very nice. And some nice twists, uh, some nice surprises. Like some actors that showed up cameo wise, I didn't even know where we were in the film. But yeah, strap in, bullet train. It's it's, it's got some laughs. It's it's some, some nice performances and some good action. So it's a yeah fun ride huh. on the bullet train. Bullet train. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay, I'll check that one out. Yeah, I saw the the marketing on that. That was one of those things like I saw in the theater, and I was just like, you know, am I going to watch this or I'm going to watch Maverick or whatever, you know, whatever the options were at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always like, man, I didn't hear like a lot of buzz from everybody. I remember my buddy went to see it, um, and he said he he enjoyed it. He said it was a nice twist at the end. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, but I, I still didn't get it. But it would it would have been nice to watch in theaters with the sound and the visuals. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a good one. Okay. Bullet train. Bullet train. I've also been 
revisiting some Agents of Shield. What? Yeah, back on <laughs> on, on, on Disney Plus. I, 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 for whatever reason, I don't know if I was reading something, but I, I I started thinking about like the Ghost Rider, the modern Ghost Rider, a dude named Robbie Reyes, mm-hmm. and I know that on episode or on season four of Agents of Shield, they actually introduced him. So I never watched it. So I went back and I've been watching that. So I'm about, I'm about maybe eight nine ep- episodes into that. You season. never watched Agents of Shield? I early on, yeah, I yeah. was. I watched the first two, first like two seasons. Okay. And so, but I didn't want to go. I didn't want to watch all of season three because these are you know, these are like hour long. Ep- these are like forty five. It was 50 a minutes. I, We watched like a season or something like that. And yeah, I was it's like, quite a bit. Some kind of way we fell off. I was like, this is too much. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me let me just jump into season. I just want Ghost Rider. So let me jump into that. But now I'm like, man, this is it's it's. Pretty good season did so it, far. Did it continue, Agents of Sealed, or did it? They went up to I think seven seasons. Really? Yeah. Yikes! So they had they had they had a good run, okay. and they and again it's it's weird because it's MCU like adjacent, so they make references to the movies, but the movies never make references to them. Oh. Yeah. They well kinda, done. Yeah, Money. They kind of exist in that in that weird pocket universe, and they even introduced like the in this season they introduced the Dark Hole, mm-hmm. which was of course a big part of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Nonetheless, so yeah, been enjoying that. Um, what else? Oh yeah, that. And I was like, which one? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I deleted that one. Aha. <laughs> and also, uh, also again, I've been uh, I watched another episode of Lovecraft Country today. Okay, and that's still so far good. Wow, yeah, okay. it's it's pretty powerful, very yeah. uh, potent, yeah, interesting storytelling. Okay, but uh, and good performances also. I mean. So most time. I see why I got all that uh, all that acclaim. So I'm like, it's real curious how they counted after one season. I'm like, this thing won awards and everything, and it's on a streaming service. I don't I don't quite understand those uh, those decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, viewership or, or what. I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to me when you when you hear that like a mm-hmm. show gets these accolades and says, oh, we're pulling the plug. Oh, the creative differences with 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 HBO or mm-hmm. just all the turmoil that they were going through because they've been through a lot of different. Uh, Changes over the past couple of years with right. with just Warner Brothers and all that, but I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, because I remember when that one came out, and yeah, it was winning awards and stuff like that. Uh, but of course, we don't know the data. You know, they never share like straight up, like straight up raw data. Sure. On how successful it is, it'll be great one day when they can do that, <laughs> so you can see. Yeah. You know, but that's their that's their thing. Their proprietary stuff. So. Good. Anything else? Um, and also Black Love. Still been dipping into that on Hulu okay. as well. So I'm still on the I'm on the third season okay. of, of Black Love. Black Love's good. Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's it. And today's show is sponsored by Natural Hair, the movie by Grind Over Matter Films, available to stream on all Black TV as well as Tubi, and now on Roku, all on demand. Check it out and leave a review. And let's jump back into the show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, starring Chevy Chase. I've never... Do you know anybody named Chevy? Chevy. Chevy. Do you know anybody named Chevy? Can't say that I do. Okay. I'd be curious. I'd be, I'd be curious what his... Full name. I have a feeling that that's a nickname for some for some reason. Uh huh. Chevy. Let's see. I'm, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. Gave him the Chevy. <laughs> Chevy. Hmm. Ch- 
Chevy Chase was born, Cornelius Crane Chase, Yikes. on October 8th, 1943. Cornelius. Cornelius. Lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. His grandmother gave him the nickname Chevy when, his, when he was two years old. Based on anything, or that's just what it is? This is what IMDb says. Oh, I need, we need more to the story. Chevy. Well, at least, hey, at least we know. Yeah, you're right. It was the nickname. Because he's Cornelius. Doesn't have the same ring. Now, when you say it like that, Cornelius. <laughs> no, that's, I, Cornelius is, uh, it's not the sexiest of names, but it sounds more intellectual. That's I'm it. Professor Cornelius. <laughs> it's a lot of plural, a lot of syllables. I'm an actor. Cornelius. <laughs> yeah. That's more Broadway. Yeah. You can do comedy? Chevy. 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 Huh. Hmm. <laughs> Let's jump back. Let's jump to the uh, synopsis. As the holidays approach, Clark Griswold wants to have a perfect family Christmas. So he pastors his wife, Ellen, and children as he tries to make sure everything is in line, including the tree and house decorations. However, things go awry quickly. His hick cousin, Eddie, and his family show up unplanned, and they start living in the camera on Griswold's property. Even worse, Clark's employer reneges on the holiday bonus he was waiting for. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. Now, if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. Before we dive a little further into into Christmas Vacation, what I'd like to do really quick is to just make mention of, of the, the cast. Okay. Some of the key cast members right. of, of the film. So, of course, we have the lead one, Chevy Chase, Chevy, Chevy. a.k.a. Cornelius, who plays the role of Clark Griswold. Accompanied by him is his, his continual um, movie wife, one Beverly D'Angelo, who plays Ellen Griswold. They actually are together, at least in the first three yeah. um, Christmas uh, vacation films. Um, I'm assuming she came back for the, for the fourth one, but... But they're they're the two consistents. Almost everybody else, uh, like the kids, always change. It's always seriously? different actors. Yeah, in every film, it's different <laughs> actors playing the kids. I remember like seeing a, a rusty with this weird voice or something like that. Like that was different. Yeah, because in 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 because <laughs> in in the European vacation, Rusty is like he's taller and like yeah. uh, like older. So like the kids like really don't matter. Like there's like they, they always change. But in this rendition in vaca- in Christmas Vacation, uh, Audrey, the daughter, is played by Juliette Lewis, and she's older. And Rusty is played by John Galecki, and he's younger. Well, go yeah. figure. Um, <laughs> I know, right? And we know, uh, uh, is it Barbara? That's her. Wait, what's what's his wife's name? Ellen. 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 She played Barbara in Entourage. When Ari go to be like, hey, Barbara. Oh, yeah, that was her. <laughs> yes. And then we know Julie Lewis, of course, from like Dust Till Dawn. She played in Dust Till Dawn and. Plenty of other films he's been around. Excuse me. Ah, mm. Worries. And then Rusty, he's like in a uh, popular sitcom. Uh, yeah. The actor that plays uh, Rusty. John Galecki? Yeah. You know what? Wait a minute. Is that? Wait a minute. Is that dude from Big Bang Theory? Yeah, that's him. Um, sure enough is. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'm pretty good with faces. I was like, I just couldn't think of the sitcom. That's him. Because I see his current picture. I'm like, yeah, that's the dude from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But he's got that same face as a kid. It's hilarious. And then, of course, we have Randy Quaid. Playing ah, the, the brother. Dig Randy Quaid. He's hilarious. He is hilarious. 
Randy Quaid, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many years ago this was, but he started like kind of exposing Hollywood and say, "Yeah, man, they're Hollywood whackers here in Hollywood. They try to kill us off." And I was like, "Dang, it was kind of." Yeah, he was kind of like fearing for his life. Wow, kind of thing. Uh, he was kind of like talking about Scientology and some other stuff. But anyhow, uh, but hilarious nonetheless. Yeah, but I just wanted to introduce some of the cast. All star, man. Of Christmas Vacation. Uh, how did you watch this film? Uh, I watched this film one holiday season. Yeah, as a as a kid during Christmas, probably it would have to have been since it's dropped in eighty nine. It probably mm. would have been in ninety ninety one. Caught it on probably TBS. Well, no, NBC. They said NBC owned the rights this for a couple of years, so it probably oh. would have been NBC where I first saw it. I wonder how much that deal was worth. Okay, for real. But I had already seen some of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, National Lampoon's movies. I, I'd seen European Vacation a couple times as a kid, mm-hmm. so I was definitely down to uh, to watch this. How about you? I don't know. Uh, I remember this playing. My dad liked uh, he he liked these uh, National Lampoon uh, comedies, um, and so I'll just be as a family we'll just laugh along. But it was just like one of those. It never really stood out as far as like some of the other classic uh, Christmas movies. But uh, I do remember certain scenes. There are certain scenes that you will never forget. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but this go around, I haven't watched it in a long time. Like, it, since a kid, I haven't watched it as an adult at all. Same here. Well, oh, man, I don't, I, don't remember the, I don't remember the last time I saw this. I didn't remember the ending. Like, that was, I remember, I guess I remember, I would see bits and pieces, I guess, yeah. here and there. But mm-hmm. I don't know that I, I don't know that I ever caught it all the way from the beginning. I know I'd, I'd never seen, like, the beginning mm-hmm. or the end. So it would be on, and I was kind of just dipping in and out or, I don't know, playing with Legos or doing something else. But it was just, you know, <laughs> on, and I was like, oh, okay. But yeah. Did uh, the other National Lampoons, did the opening title sequence, did they have animation on any of those? Not that I recall. No, okay. I think this was like the first one that kind of stood out to me. Okay. Yeah, because I remember that was a thing, you know, having animation as part of your title sequence. Yeah, I put that as a, as a trope. Oh, okay. Like you'd see that in different aspects of the... There was a movie called Mannequin. Do you remember that film? Heck yeah, I love Mannequin. <laughs> Dude, I freaking love Mannequin. As a kid, that was on HBO all the time, man. Me and my sister would watch that like during the summer, whenever that came on. Yeah. You know, and the Jefferson Starship, you know, um, and we build it together. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No. Nothing's gonna stop us. Yeah, man. you had to have a hit '80s song Come on. in your film in the '80s. Yes, sir. But yeah, do Mannequin with Kim Cattrall. Oh yes, yeah, right. Yeah, she was killing it then, man. Oh wee. <laughs> Little appropriation being that she was like from Egypt. When I Friday saw the beginning, I was like. Egyptian? <laughs> Wait a minute here. <laughs> Whitewash going on. <laughs> Sorry about that. But that was, that was a fun movie in the, in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, but they had a uh, whole animation title sequence at the beginning of that one. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I brought that up. Fair enough. But yeah, there was a couple of different films that, that utilized animation. Mm-hmm. Um... This go around, I went to a movie trading company, just picked up a copy, and wife, she's never seen it, so I was like, all right, let's watch it. Watched it at night. What's today? Sunday? Watched it, yeah, yesterday night. Wasn't really feeling it, mm-hmm. you know? Watched it all the way through. There was, you know, laugh here and there, but wasn't really feeling it. Watched it again today with the commentary, and actually liked it more today 
during the day. I think we, I think uh, we may have had a similar experience. I, even though I watched it yesterday, and it was, it wasn't quite night. It was, it was late, late afternoon. Yeah. When I checked it out, but either way, when I watched it the first time, I was like, hey, actually, one of my dislikes is that it's not as funny as I, yeah, remember. I remember this being funnier. Yeah. But it didn't quite hit. And then when I, you know, watched replay today, I was like. Okay. I mean, it was still, I wasn't like, you know, laughing out loud, but right. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I felt the same way when it didn't, didn't, uh, didn't quite hit. When we covered Elf, when we covered Elf, I remember because I watched it in college. Sure. And so in, and in college, watched it and remember just laughing, having a ball with it. And even at weddings and things like that, people will, will bring up the Elf stuff. Hey, did you watch it? Um, but then going back to revisit it, I was like, why is this not as funny as. A- <laughs> That's that's that's, you know, that's the worst feeling when like you remembered it being funny, and now you're watching. You're like, where where the last? Are? You're waiting. You're like, where where are? I they? remember this scene, but it's just not uh, not hidden like it like it like it used to. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, mm. telltale signs. Like, man, I'm losing it. I like it. Take, it's gonna take a little why, more. Why has it got to be me? Yeah. It, it, all right. It, so, I mean, I think it's I don't know. As we yeah, I mean, we change times, change our sensibilities. Uh, yeah, you change just, just change. Um. Let's see. So, like when that when I watch Money Talks, mm-hmm. to this day, it's still funny, like hilarious, right? Um. But there's other films that came out at that time that were comedies. Um. They don't. They. I'm like, yeah. Um, maybe maybe because they were trying too hard for the laugh. Whereas Money Talks kind of plays it straight, and you just got this silly guy that's just. Uh, I think, yeah, I I, I think uh, situational humor versus slapstick versus dry wit versus kind of the fish out of water. Yeah, I think it's all, it kind of just, yeah, it all just depends. It also depends on, you know, the the timing and the story. There's so many elements, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, this one. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit the same way. Like I don't. I don't have it. Like you know this. You know when this rolls around again, because I could. You know this is on. This is on HBO Max, or it's on a streaming service where you could watch it anytime. But I have. I don't have an inkling to. Now yeah. again, like Home Alone, I would consider revisiting that again. I did not expect that. I was. I was. I was all assuming. Okay, you almost Alone, expected to feel like this when it came to Home Alone, and you'll be dying laughing with this one. Yes, you got me. <laughs> guilty, guilty as charged. I was expecting to get the yuck yucks out of Christmas vacation, but I've been bamboozled. Yes, I've been hoodwinked. I didn't land on Home Alone. Home Alone landed on me. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a tricky movie like that. Um, you think it's for kids and it's for everybody. Got me. <laughs> Same writer though. Different directors and oh, uh, what you know. Um. Um, what was I gonna say? Different but, directors. Um, that and cast is different, one hundred percent different. That's true. Um, whereas we're on Kevin most of the time in Home Alone, we're stuck on Chevy Chase character, Clark Griswold. Which again, I I like Clark Griswold, and I I've, I've had many a last from him. Again, I watched European Vacation not too long ago. Yeah. And it was still funny. I, yeah. You want to talk about like that was still funny. Yeah. Christmas vacation. I like. Ah, like oh, I missed it. Ah, 
Yeah. And I I forgot, like, I don't know his backstory, the Griswold character. You know, I've watched all the stuff, but, like, when you see, yeah, same writer, right? John Hughes, 1989, 1990. uh, But just silly grown man versus this smart kid. <laughs> that's but that's Grizz, that's that's Clark Griswold's whole thing. That's Chevy Chase's. Sh- I'm just looking at the movie for what it is. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. characters. Chevy Chase is a physical comedian. I'm not. That's I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that I'm looking at these two films. Sure. Silly grown man, smart kid. I think I think if we had watched this in reverse order, would have been it would have been better. It would have been. No, I knew. I already know Home Alone's great because we watched it last year. You know, that's like. True. So I was like, "Oh dang, I forgot this. This is a classic. It made how many hundred million? Four hundred seventy-seven. There's a reason." And, and this one's just like, "Just mm, cut off that four. <laughs> flip these two other yeah. numbers. Seventy-four. <laughs> like, there's a reason for that. Um, they knocked it out the park. I think it's also a, again, a change of the times. Like we're coming out of the '80s and we're coming fresh into the '90s. And Chevy Chase, he was all about the '80s. Like he was the dude in the '80s." And you have this is like his third film. And typically third films, yeah, you start to begin to lose a little bit of the magic. Even though this was actually the most successful of the franchise. And yeah, it's just no Home Alone. Yeah. And it just, uh, Home Alone, um, funny for everybody. But then also um, felt grounded in reality a little bit. Um, Besides the silly slapstick stuff. Like that's when you just lose all reality. Right. And that stuff doesn't come until the very end. Yeah. Um, Whereas this one has it. Has it throughout? I was like, why is this guy so dumb? <laughs> like, I didn't understand. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this just for jokes? Like, well, it, yeah, that's his style. He's, he's Chevy Chase, his physical comedy slap. You see, like, if you was, you put in a you know, Chevy Chase in like SNL, he's always, but doing I mean, the writing stuff. though, like the right, like John Hughes' writing. I was like, I, I, I'm assuming he wrote the previous ones. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is what, like, those National Lampoons, they're always going to have crazy physical stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Mm, again, part of that's going to be what what Chevy does, but yeah, right. this is Clark Griswold is always it, he's always going to try very hard to to make for a perfect family whatever vacation right. Right. Christmas. He always tries too hard and he always messes up. Yeah, he physically so, messes up stuff. So yeah, maybe that's why it wasn't funny. I don't know. I was just like, what's wrong with him? Like. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's wrong with this dude? I knew like, this stuff was coming. Like I was I, like, no, this is not uh, hidden like it used to. <laughs> hmm. So, you know, so maybe that's why I didn't, I don't know for me why it didn't, uh, but I enjoyed the second time around. So, like, okay. I did, didn't hate it. Um, well, that's really. <laughs> <laughs> but when I when I first heard it, when I first saw it, well, you know, I was like, Ooh. I was like, what is, what is I was like, thinking? I was like, I'm going to hear about this. <laughs> I'm going to get some notes from Reginald, (laughs) maybe from the missus too. Right. (laughs) Might put something extra in the coffee to get ready for this one. Yes. (laughs) Had a lot of help from my friend Jack Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you get through the episode? Okay, it's a lot of help from my friend Jack Daniels. (laughs) Yeah. But um, uh, what did you like or not like about the film? Hmm. I do like the when, when I see it. There's a nostalgia that comes from this again, as I mentioned from the previous uh, National Lampoon's uh, vacation films. There's a nostalgia that takes me back to the '80s when I see this. That yeah. makes me think about living in North Dakota and just that. There's a whole vibe that comes from it. And even mm-hmm. when we used to do like Christmases growing up there, you know, I'm not a lot of black families in North Dakota. Yeah, 
don't think much has changed over the years. <laughs> but living on an Air Force base, like my my family, we had we had family friends that we would do the holidays with, and they were all black. So you know, we still you know, they still had you know uh, greens and things of that nature, like being being served. Which I, anyway, but so but we were, we were hanging with you know with, with 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 these families, you know the 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 Cox family, the 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 Andersons, the Max. We would rotate like where we did Thanksgiving and where mm-hmm. we did Christmas. And so those were like fond memories, yo. Being able to, you know, we'd go and we, you know, the kids, we'd all, you know, we had these basements that were the same area width of your home. So it's like mm-hmm. a whole separate area. Uh, like and those, they, people would make dens and have TVs down there. So we would go down there, the kids would play. So we weren't yeah. making too much noise for the adults. It was just fun, fun times. So, but yeah, this makes me think of all of that. Interesting. So I like that. I like that it gives me those. Nostalgia. Those, those, yeah, nostalgia all the way. That's that's uh, (laughs) That's what you like. That's what that's that's what I like. Yeah, Uh, for me, same thing. There's some nostalgic moments. Just kind of remember, like, oh yeah, I do remember this. This is in my memory. This reminds me of being young again. Um, Transfer was okay. Actually, I think the transfer might have been better on this one than Home Alone, from from a Blu-ray standpoint. Mm. Um, But still not as crisp as it should be. Mm, I I really wanted to see that 4K. I'm very curious to see what that what that looks like yeah so people got to take care of that film if they don't take care of the actual film it doesn't matter what they transfer it on it's still going to be true so yeah um about dislikes i didn't write any dislikes well maybe you know it was (laughs) (laughs) nothing we kind of talked about a little bit (laughs) yeah for me it was it was it was i disliked that it wasn't as funny as i remembered it yeah i agree with you on that one and, it, and maybe because it's more of the slapstick stuff, you know, which doesn't hit. F- I don't know. There's some. But when I, okay, when I talk about it, like I think like there's some funny. There's some funny moments, and, I, and I, maybe maybe that second rewatch, <clears throat> excuse me, did make me think of those things. When I because when, when I see like you know the the cat getting electrocuted. Oh, I mean that was classic. And then when they lift up the item and it's just little bits of fur <laughs> outline, it's just this charcoal spot. Like that cat was fricasseed. Yeah. Um, Oh, you know they're running from the running from the squirrel, and like they all run upstairs, and they, and they come back down, and he's he turns around, and the squirrel just clung to his back, and then right. his dad yells squirrel, <laughs> and they all freak out. I'm like, is that where you know people say squirrel? You know, like kind of randomly, it's like, uh, is that where this comes from? Probably, I don't know, but it made me think about that. But yeah, there was some, yeah, it's not as fun as I remember it, um, but I do remember. Like Randy Quaid being like a breath of fresh air, you know. So it, when, once he comes in out of nowhere into the movie, it's like, oh, okay, that he made it even funnier. Yeah, he's just so off the way that he's playing that character. You know, it's like with his two little clothes on, and just like he's so poor that he's like he's probably gotten these clothes from the thrift store, and they don't fit because he's such a tall dude. Everything's snug, yeah, very snug <laughs> and very seventies. <laughs> and this is the eighties, so it's like you're out, like out late eighties, late eighties at that. You're out a decade, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I do remember that. Um, yeah, commentary. What you think about the commentary? Which which is like the the producer, the director, and a few actors on there. Yeah, not not very useful. It's it's one of those classics. Hey, let's get everybody together and record all at the same time. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I liked it, but as far as like just being something I think is really helpful for filmmakers, eh, not so much. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, not so much. But I, I did enjoy hearing from uh, Beverly D'Angelo and kind of some of her, her takes on certain things. But she she speaks of it all very fondly. Yeah. And um, she comes off like one of the guys. She probably should write a book, dude, because, I mean, I know she has tons of stories about being a woman in Hollywood. And, like, mm. you can kind of see some nuances lit, or hear the nuances when she's talking. Right. Like, she she's figured out how to talk with the guys. Yeah. You get that vibe, too, when you listen, when, when you watch Entourage and she's going back and forth with Ari Gold. And he's like, bye, bro. And then she's, like, kind of, she's bringing it right again. It's like, she knows how to handle these dudes in Hollywood. Man, I, I just, you saying that, I'm like, man, that totally is her in <laughs> Entourage. Talk about a show of its time, man. That that show is yeah, well done. Yeah, definite uh, two, you know, two thousands mid mid to. Uh, I guess all to two thousand two thousand. What's our two thousand five two thousand six maybe? Yeah, had a nice little run of about five or six years. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I feel the same way about the commentary. Like I wasn't when they started talking, and then there were like those blank spots again. Yeah, it was a real bit. I was like, <laughs> ah. where'd y'all go? Are thing? we still here? Yeah, they just disappeared. Like I guess I watched the movie again. Is this thing on? Yeah, they they dropped out for a moment. I'm like, oh, I guess they're caught up in nostalgia too, man. And um, yeah, I, I I don't know what year that they recorded the commentary in, but it seems like kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> but but when they talk about certain scenes, like you hear the the memories flooding back, right? And uh, I, there's something endearing about that, but I would have liked to have isolated maybe the director and producer and gotten more more out of them. Yeah. And then also Chevy, he didn't, he wasn't on there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard, again, we heard from Chris Columbus, I've, I've heard <laughs> some unflattering things about, about Chevy. Now, Beverly, she was, she was fairly complimentary of him, but she mentioned that, I don't know what, she mentioned earlier on in the commentary how, when they would come together, it would be like, oh, like, you know, oh, like yeah. she missed them. But by the end of the shoot, they were like, yeah, like they, like they couldn't stand each other. Yeah. And even the the young actor who played Rusty, he said that whenever people see him, they always ask him two things. And one of them is, is Chevy Chase a nice guy? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. And, and so what, everybody always asks him, is Chevy Chase a nice guy? And they ask him something else. I don't remember the other question, but the other the one is always, is Chevy Chase a nice guy? I'm like, wow. Wow. And what was his answer? I think his answer is yes. <laughs> At least at that time, what, what, what he said. I think I think he answered okay. yes. Yeah, yeah. Some unflattering things like he's an a hole. That was what Chris Columbus said on the last commentary about in Home Alone working with him. You know, I mean, you got Chevy Chess, who's the star versus new director. You're gonna go. The director's going. Chevy yeah. staying. I think even because he's he's a, he's on all the seasons of Community as well. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Speak, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I remember Donald Glover saying that he had to say some racial racial things. Uh, so that was like its own thing. It but like, see, it's weird because his character is is like racist in the show. Like it, <laughs> that's played up totally for laughs. Like his character is 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 out of touch and says wow. So he racial is things himself all the time, just being himself, huh? Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> allegedly, yeah, yeah, yeah allegedly. Mm. That's what. Just Google it; it pops up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's rough though, man. That's yeah, uh, it Hollywood. Uh, yeah, it just sucks when the people that you like aren't who they are, who you thought they were, just a character. True. Um, but there wasn't really any special features on this one. No, there were n- none. I mean, you go special features, that's commentary. Turn on, turn off. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's a little rough. A little dry. A little dry. I, I'm curious, man. 
I think the I don't know maybe the 4K had had some more things on it, but seemed like people just wanted to get it over with. Give me my check. Let's get it over with. <laughs> uh, what type of tone did you vibe did you get from this one? Christmas comedy, and then from light to disastrous. Dang. Yeah, uh, the tone comes in with the animation, so I was like, huh? a cartoon. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember the what's the first scene? It goes from the animation. Santa on a sleigh. Riding to the sky. Well, not the animation part, but like the actual film portion. Was it? Was it still? Oh, it's, it's them driving in their car on the way to get the tree. That's right. Okay, so based on that scene, I'm like, okay, this is very silly. And, well, yeah. and <laughs> the Griswolds in their car—that's a, a trope. The Griswolds driving in that station wagon. Yeah, and almost there's always some kind of road incident with yeah. them in vehicles and that station wagon in particular like usually like you you're gonna see it ramp off of something <laughs> like like a team like at some point in time like they always have crazy adventures that that should have killed them yes in that station or at wagon. least flaking all four your tires should have been done for yeah 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 mm. yeah Dude. but that's that's a trope of of the vacation films like okay. they're in a car it's gonna be mayhem disaster yeah, so I was like, okay, this is silly right away because we're first off top, you know, flipping off people on the road, trying to speed up and all this stuff with this little station, you know, like Getting stuck in between like a, a, a eighteen wheeler, like very between dangerous. Its, its front and back. And they, yeah, they said that the stunt driver actually drove that speed and was able. That was a real stunt. Like he was driving the same speed as the truck, able to pull that off. How many people have been killed trying to do that? Only professionals. Only yes. professionals. That's right. Don't try this at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's the tone that I got. I was like, okay, right away, it's silly. So that's the ride that we're on. Yeah, this is National Lampoons. Like yeah. it's, it's going to be comedy. It's going to be a little outrageous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's 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 what they do. I'm interested in probably going back and just looking at some of the other National Lampoon stuff. Just maybe not cover it, but uh, sure. But watch it. European Vacation. I. That's that number one, three. That's the, th- that, the that's second the one. Second one. Yeah, uh-huh. that one is. Yeah, that one, that one that one's my favorite. That one is, yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay. I, you know, I, yeah, I've seen that recently. I think that one's still pretty funny. Okay, okay. Oh, I was going to say this about the, the John Hughes writing the two films. So this one's PG thirteen, whereas Home Alone's PG. And so, like when it comes to adult content, there's more of that in this PG thirteen version, and could have mm-hmm. easily probably gone over to R if they were willing to push the envelope a little bit more. Sure. Um, and so I think, but this is just right for PG. Like it, 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 it I thought it, it was PG thirteen. I mean, sorry, I meant PG thirteen. This is yeah. like this film is just right for PG thirteen because they 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 pushed a little bit and have a little bit of a little bit of raunchiness, a little bit of language. Yeah, uh, with smoking. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because yeah, definitely like, smoking. Yeah, you got to like it's crazy, but like when you you know, put smoking, you have to say that hey, these characters are smoking, That's and that true. changes, you know. From G to PG to thirteen, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that that that's always uh, that's always there. You know, little, little some sexual innuendos. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a trope, also, and we're going to get to tropes, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, but this this hits you know kind of where it needs to be for for PG thirteen. Yeah. So like, um, so like from a tone standpoint, even though it's silly, it has more of an adult adult vibe to it. Oh yeah. Um, whereas the other John Hughes written film, um. It it's more inclusive, mm-hmm. so tone's different. Um, the music was oh, what do you what do you, did you already you already said tone right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, the music was done by Angelo Bandalamenti. Bandalamenti. 
um, nothing stood out for me outside of the theme song that first came on. Um, Christmas time. I like I like yeah. <laughs> I like the Ray Charles song that plays uh-huh. when when Clark Griswold is trapped in the attic and he starts watching those old films. Uh, that was a I thought that that song was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just noticing the number of songs that, that sound like they had black artists in them. I thought I found oh, they, interesting. They were. I was like, hmm, this needs some soul. This is fascinating to to hear within this you know fairly uh, you know. Lily very white. very white lily yeah white. i was gonna say lily white yeah it's very lily white family <laughs> i don't think there was any flavor um i don't think there was any black characters with, outside of the cop black police chief there you go trope there you go he was, i think he was a captain a police captain yeah yeah there was only brothers at least they were you know got jobs on the other side of the law <laughs> i know right yeah. it's different nobody got blown up in a car <laughs> <laughs> I can't get out. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we had a couple of yeah. Is that the case in Home Alone as well? Home Alone. Did we address this in Home Alone? Uh, I uh, I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It was in Chicago as well. That's true. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think about the police station there because there was the police station was also involved in Home Alone. It's true. Uh, it seemed a little bit more diverse. Uh, had your Italian fellow, um, but I can't remember. I don't remember either, man. Maybe at the airport or on the airplane somewhere. Yeah. A lot of people around. I'm sure, like there were some extras. Maybe. Yeah. We want somebody speaking. Yeah. I can't recall. The, yeah. The check, because the check is different when you talk. That's true. Yeah. You can actually. <laughs> you go from cast get, to. You know, get some SAG, mm-hmm. you know, after, after action going on. Get your SAG card. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, but yeah, music wise, I did like the the song by Ray Charles that was on there. Yeah. That sequence uh, was a good sequence overall. It was like endearing, as you say. Yes. Uh, what type of style do you think that the DP was trying to pull off with this film? They were, I think they were trying to go for something classic, especially towards the end. Uh, this even how they how they shot things were were kind of reminiscent of older films. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the the blocking of the of the cast. So mm-hmm. you know, towards the 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 end, it kind of has a feeling of being something more 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 classical in terms of holiday films. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, like the style. It seems like more cartoonish in some of like some of the sequences, especially when they start throwing in like the blue screen. It's like very obvious mm. when they go from reality, real stunt to blue screen. Like, eh, probably mm. should just left that one out. New director, uh, <laughs> but but it kind of goes with the kind of the style that they're going with on this film. I think. Yeah, when they get into the the slaps the slapstick. Yeah, the mass is the na- nature of these things. I, I wonder, man. I wonder what the vibe really was on this film because sometimes when things don't kind of feel right you know sometimes something went on that no one wants to talk about you know because mm. they didn't talk about chris columbus you know getting fired from the project and on the commentary or anything like that they didn't talk about like any of the drama stuff they kind of kept it politically correct and you know i think i think chevy chase not being there is interesting too it's yeah. not like he's 
I mean, I don't know when they did the commentary, but I'm like, eh, Chevy Chase hasn't been that busy. I mean, maybe if they shot this while they was while he was doing Community, mm-hmm. maybe that's the only thing that I've seen him in um, in the past, you know, mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, I'm trying to remember what director talked about like Chevy Chase, and I think it was Tarantino talking to Joe Rogan about how their careers, how like how his career should have been a little bit different, um, but be. I th- it had to do something with being too famous sometimes like with fame uh, a lot of people don't um a lot of people react differently to fame sure and so some people become more of a jerk you know because they're more popular and just like real real irritated mm. or become a recluse um some people just enjoy it you know and they just go for the ride yeah um i think in this case he like people bothered him yeah yeah that's All assumptions, but I remember him. I remember them talking about it on the podcast about you know dealing with fame and kind of like the trajectory of Chevy Chase. Interesting. Um, what themes do you have for this film? Themes of Christmas, family, and overdoing it. Absolutely. Uh, I just can't. Family matters the most because you know when you come to at the end, you know his father's talking to him and like. You know, no matter no matter what would happen, everybody loves you because you know this is family. So yeah, quit trying to like kind of go overboard with all this stuff. It's fine. And that was his whole thing from the beginning. He wanted to have everybody there and have a, you know, a, a perfect family Christmas. It was, it was mm-hmm. his whole goal was to do with family. At the end, he even says, "I did it." Yeah, yeah. I thought that the line hits a little weird. Mm. Like that's a weird way to end it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it, make it sense. Hit, it, it hits funny. You did what? You know, it's yeah, got all his family together and and kind of pulled it off at the end. I mean, because yeah, you know, he got the everything did, all the lights came up, he got a new tree with the squirrel in it, yeah, but got the squirrel and the, the dog out, yeah, and um, got gifts for even his you know, his cousin's kids, mm-hmm. and is still gonna get his bonus, but True. 20. 20 to 25 percent more thanks to his crazy cousin yeah <laughs> that's wild what about you what do you, what do you have for themes nah, that's already, all i got was mentioned. just family most you know gotcha. um yeah that's the main thing that i got out of that because it seems like that's what rap came around towards the end um also from a style standpoint um it seemed but i guess because they were shooting it wasn't like grounded in one location. It was like, you know, we're shooting on stage here. There's some stuff from uh, Colorado. And then I'm assuming there's some stuff they shot in Chicago for some of the other scenes, like establishing shots, or maybe there was second unit stuff. It just seemed it was like it was stitched together. Mm. And so it, to me, it doesn't seem as like tight, you know, like for example, like when something happens to what's the lady that um, their neighbors, the lady that's from the Seinfeld uh, series. Oh, um, Julia, uh, come on, come on, Julia Louise Dreyfus. No, wait, let me get her name right. Yeah, Julia Louise Dreyfus. So, like, when when they cut to her scenes or like a tree coming through their door, it just seems like it's in another. It almost seems like Chevy Shakes cuts the the tree down outside exterior, cut to some random episode of some other TV show, and it goes through that window. That's what it feels like when I see their cutaway scenes. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's in the same world. I feel like almost it's maybe on purpose because the life that, that his neighbors are living is so different from mm-hmm. the life that he's living and even how he does 
Christmas and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like they're there, even how they decorate their home, yeah, it, it feels like they're in a different world. Yeah, and that, and that the Griswolds are just intruding on it, like like breaking their bubble. Yeah, um, physically and and metaphorically. Boom. Do you have any favorite scenes or memorable scenes? Uh, okay, a couple of uh, favorite and and uh, memorable scenes. So uh, first off is the sledding scene. That one always for me was <laughs> when I was a kid. I thought that was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. And that's the one. That's the one that I, I really expected that to kind of hit me different. Like <laughs> just like the speed of him going. I'm like, oh, this is really not that fast. But I just remember him like spraying that stuff on there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, and just yeah, just out of control. But I mean, he would have. You go if you're going that fast, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, he would have hit that tree for sure. Yeah, he would yeah. not have been steering for anything. He would have <laughs> dead. Clark dead. Movie over. Um, spraying all of whatever that substance he was putting spraying on the bottom of it. But I think that first shot was kind of cool. Like it looked like Back to the Future. That little stripe. <laughs> how to, I wanted to know how they did that. That looked cool. They that little mi- second looked cool. They mentioned in the commentary they used, I should have wrote it down, they, they used something called flame packs or, or, or uh-huh. something. But they, they, yeah, there was a specific effect you, they used to, yeah, to produce those. Those practical. Yeah, those flames. That's great. Um, I like the cutaway scene when um, Eddie, he's trying to kiss Miss Griswold. And like when he leans in for a kiss, she's like, whoa. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> like straight, dodges it. Straight blocks it. <laughs> creeper. Yeah, he's all the way creeper. Mm. Um, so I like during the the family dinner scene when they ask the aunt to to say Grace. May May Questell is her name. Aunt, yeah. aunt Bethany. Yes. Ask her to say Grace, and she bows her head. I pledge allegiance to the flag and starts saying yes. the national anthem. That's great. And then Randy Quaid's character actually, you know, Eddie stands up and 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 puts his hand over his heart like, what in the world? But she goes through the whole thing. Everybody just keeps their head bowed. There. A couple people look up like, what's going on? But they just, everybody just stays quiet. And when it's done, amen. Wow. Like, oh, man. <laughs> um, I like the, when um, Clark has the box, the the gift, and he like shake it. He shakes the box and he goes, meow. <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's a live thing in there. It's live. It seems like Rusty is like. Kind of like grounded as the guy of the house is like, hey man, there's something in here, you know. Like he's he's concerned. He's the voice. He's the voice of reason. <laughs> yes, the, the youngest <laughs> is the voice of reason. Uh, so also for me at the very at the very end, when first when 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 Clark um, when when he finally hears that he's 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 been waiting on this bonus, he looks, he opens it up, he sees, and it's a. Coupon to Jello of the Month Club yeah, or something like that. All year, full, full he, year membership. Full year, and he loses it. Yeah, and just starts breaking down. Now again, that's this. That's a trope of the series. Like he, he, oh, he always hits a point within. He loses it. Yeah, he hits a point within the vacation where everything just goes bad, and he kind of just finally is his disposition changes. Uh, um, but then at the end, with his boss, after being kidnapped. Brought to his home, sees the impact of him not giving that bonus, man, and says, "Oh, you know." And you kind of see the, you know, something's look good on paper, but when you kind of see the impact, yeah, on the, the people that work for you, he goes, "That, that kind of hits different." I thought that's a that's a cool and I think very, excuse me, very relevant 
thing for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, man, I hope some of the CEOs see this and yeah. you know give 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 thought to some of the decisions they're making. But then to hear him say, okay, yeah, okay, you you look for your bonus with another twenty percent from last year. Yeah, uh, added on. Like, all right, that's awesome. Just at the end that he's getting it, he's gonna be able to do the pool that he wanted to do for his family mm-hmm. and and all of that. I'm like, that's. That's awesome. So yeah, I I enjoyed that all coming together for Clark. When um when you when you see the cat starting to nibble on the Christmas lights that's wrapped around Ooh. the tree, and then it's like you know pulls them out of the socket, and then we see it's nibbling on them under the seat, still chewing on it. Then we see Clark like seeing the tree turn off, and then he's like, oh, what's going on? And he plugs them back up, and then you hear. <laughs> I don't know why that's hilarious. Anytime a cat is like me, like meowing or just hollering like that, it is hilarious and you shouldn't be laughing, but it's still funny. It's just the movies, right? No real cats were harmed in the making of this film. Man. It's it's yeah, it's played for humor. There's there's something humorous about that. We don't wish any real harm on any real pets. But again, we don't I don't wish any real violence upon people, but I'm I enjoy it in a film. Yeah. Just escape, just 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 entertainment. So yeah, that's pretty funny. But even then, they 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 I think they had said in the commentary that they were asked to to take that out. But then when they they left it in and when they screened it, that was like their highest rated scene. Yeah, the the director had to beg to leave it in. I was like, man, y'all, the studio's willing to take that out. Like, dang. It all depends, I guess, who's uh, who's cutting the check. Yeah, who's cutting the check and how they feel. Um, even at the end, when when the squirrel gets out. And mm-hmm. the whole family's reaction to this little squirrel, but that's how people would react in real life. Like you get a, a woodland creature, <laughs> woodland that's <laughs> that's relatively harmless. I haven't really heard of people getting bit by squirrels. I'm not sure squirrels. I know squirrels can bite, but they all just freak. You know, his his mother, you know, Clark's mother, passes out, faints yes, yes. on the floor. Yes, Boom. the family's running upstairs. You know, they run back downstairs, and they you know, they they try to get the dog to go after it. But the fact that when it Clark turns around and that thing is just hanging on his back and his yeah. dad just yells squirrel <laughs> everybody <laughs> freaks out more I don't know that the, the second time around that that really hit me as uh, as pretty funny I like the in that scene one of the memorable scenes was just that f- grandmother's passed out on the ground face down on the rug and then frame right is the squirrel running frame right to frame left right in mm. front of us that's funny for whatever reason. I was like, huh, how'd they get that shot? And then it turns out it was, you know, they were had to train a squirrel or whatever. That trained squirrel died, actually. <laughs> the, 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 the squirrel they had trained, they had been training for weeks. They said the squirrel died. And they said, apparently, they, they don't live that long. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't know and so they had to use, they had to find an untrained squirrel to get to do this stuff. So there wasn't the trained squirrel running around. No, that was that was squirrel two. That was squirrel number two. That was the that was the so the the squirrel the that was training that was out the, of old age. That was, that, was, that was the understudy squirrel that we saw on the screen. But uh, the OG he, he didn't make it. Oh, Apparently, man. squirrels have short lifespans. How short? Like a few months, and then they're done. I don't know. I'm curious to to look that up. What is the average <laughs> lifetime lifespan of a squirrel? I don't never. I never would have thought about that. But uh, apparently, this one it, it was old age. Man, Man, that's great. Yeah. So live fast, live tough. Yes, sir. So if you got to train a squirrel, you know, make uh, it quick. Make it quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giselle, you have for favorite scene. That's all I got for favorite or memorable scene. Tropes. 
You have any tropes? Yes, sir. So this series in and of itself, I've mentioned a couple of times some tropes from it, but this series has has its own tropes. Uh, but one trope I mentioned in general is the animated intro for comedy. Yeah. That was pretty pretty popular again in films in the 80s. You saw it a couple, mm-hmm. a couple of different things. Um, I'm trying to think. Even, even in the 70s sometimes. I think this is like a mm-hmm. 70s, 80s thing that you would see. Mm-hmm. Um Again, I mentioned before the National Lampoons, some kind of car crash or, or their station wagon ramping off of something, flying through the air or crashing into something. That's, yeah, that's an absolute trope for the for the series. Wow. Uh, Clark Griswold uh, interacting with an attractive woman, usually some kind of model. And in some of the other films, it was like Christy Brinkley. Mm-hmm. Is, I think in, the, in, in one of the films is Christy Brinkley, but he always ends up seeing a very attractive woman and then later on fantasizing <laughs> uh, about that woman. Um, yeah, and it happens every film. That's wow, a, that's a trope. Uh, and then another trope is that that odd family member that shows up to a family event in the film that just Eddie. makes it weird and awkward. And then I said the the, the black police captain. Mm. I got the stupid father husband who gets uh, what he wants usually by accident. Mm. You know, we see it in like Homer Simpson all the time. Very true. Uh, I was like, dang, this guy's dumb, but. <laughs> You know, but for some, you know, fool's folly, whatever, like. I think he's, I don't know how to call Clark dumb, but I think he's clumsy. I don't know. He's got a successful corporate gig, um, but he's. Could, I mean, I mean, we can say, I don't know if he's successful in that. I mean, just by the interaction by the CEO with him there. Mm. Uh, Did you use my reports? It's like, sure, greaseball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, can't, can't get the guys the, guy can't, the boss I can't get the employee's name right for yeah, anything he's not crushing it in the sales department or even when when they uh, you know they get all the way all the way to this tree and Russ like did you bring an axe dad it's like oh that's that's poor planning that was that was dumb like oh yeah. come on Clark it's like he's doing all this stuff that's like real risky too like it's very risky could, extra his, his whole family could have died under the 18 wheeler um, or in the snow, like trudging <laughs> all that way. Like uh, Aubrey's legs are frozen, her mouth's frozen. He just doesn't care. He cares. He cares about the accomplishment. He's extra. Clark is just extra. Everything is, is absolutely extra, and uh, he, he doesn't. I think I don't think he appropriately weighs the cost. Yeah, because someone die can die. The hypothermia, whatever. How the hell they pulled a tree out of the ground by its roots? Yeah. Uh, and then drug it all the way back to the car and then strapped it. I mean, that's a, tr- a whole tree. Nah. Nah, that's nothing. Nah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the aloof father, the, I don't know, absent-minded father um, has a job. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> so does Homer Simpson. Uh, <laughs> at a nuclear power plant. Yeah. Um, also, one of my last tropes is that the Scrooge turns a new leaf. So his boss is his the Scrooge, boss. and actually, sorry, I mean he kind of turned it, it like he was almost a different person. Like, like hmm, he had this enlightenment on this random this last scene. He was kidnapped. It's true, and he had a whole family, even even little kids and grandparents looking at right at him. Like, yeah. this is what you did. And then Clark saying, "Look, if you want to get rid of bonuses, that's fine." But when your employees are expecting it as part of the salary, that's a different a different story. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm like okay, that's a 
I mean, just turn around that quick. That, what else? I mean, but you're you're in a hostile environment. Like, yeah, what, he was even with him in an environment. He was like, "You're fired, and you're going to jail for real." <laughs> <laughs> He's still boss, you know, in that house. He, he was got a got a right to, you know, <laughs> like how do you keep an employee whose cousin kidnapped you and brought you to his home because your employee said that that's what he wanted for a gift? Like, what do you believe? Like, uh, I'm pulled you out of your home on Christmas Eve. Man, you remember that Christmas? Man, that, man, how do you handle your decisions going forward? Like, what happens when Clark shows up to the office? Uh, sir, uh, Griswold, hey, uh, good to see you. Like, uh, uh, it all just gets awkward from there. Changes. Things happen. <laughs> uh, that's all I have for tropes, man. All right, what, what you got next? Quotes. Quotes. Uh, when Eddie and his and his wife were on campus at the Griswold campus, um, they dropped there. They, they brought it. They came in an RV, so they're going to spend the night and whatever in an RV. And the kids are going to stay at the Griswold's house. And he tells his wife, "Grab the rubber sheets and the gerbil." I was like, "What?" what you know, as a kid, I'm watching like, "What?" Are you, huh? yeah. But he said gerbil. Yeah, I think so. Well, I was I couldn't tell that that last one. I was like, "What did he say?" I got I got rubber sheets. I'm like, oh, everybody get freaking <laughs> freaks. Uh, so this is Ellen. This is at the very beginning when they're driving in the car when the when the first like truck pulls up to them and starts to you know kind of rev against them and, and then Clark gets all you know alpha male and when and, and is going back and forth with these guys and starts to drive crazy and then his yeah. wife Ellen says, Clark, stop it! I don't want to spend the holidays dead. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know that line just hits. I was like, that's that's pretty. That's good. Very straightforward, but uh, she's got a point. I like when the when the when the cat's all burnt up and then Eddie's looking at it, he's like, if the cat has nine lives, she used them all up. Man. <laughs> uh, this is Ellen's mom talking to, her, to Ellen. Like I think once she gets to the house, she's talking to her daughter and she says, Ellen, she goes, I got hemorrhoids. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. It's like well, so like you're never supposed to get them or I don't know. It's just her hurt. She's got this air about her where she's just, yeah, you know, hoity toity, hoity toity, hoity toity. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Um, Eddie, I like how he with the RVs, like, don't fall in love with her. We're, We're taking, taking her, her back <laughs> next month. Spit take. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that's where Chevy Chase's timing is. Like, that's to do a spit take. You got you got like nailing just right. Mm-hmm. Uh. This is Ellen once again talking to, I think she's talking to her daughter, talking to Aubrey. She says, well, I don't know what else to say except that it's Christmas and we're all in misery. Dang. Yeah, because Aubrey's complaining about having to share her bed with her brother. Right. And uh, Ellen, Ellen kind of just lays it down for her. Man, twin bed at that, man. That looked too tight. Mm. Um, when I got a lot of stuff with Eddie. Um, when he was talking about the sled, the whole sled situation, he was like, don't put none of that stuff on my sled. I had to replace my metal plate in my head with the plastic, plastic. one. <laughs> Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I pissed my <laughs> pants. Forget who I was for half an hour or so. <laughs> and he said, he goes, he goes, see this side? Ding, ding. It's okay. But on this side, he goes, that gets messed up. My hair just won't lay right. <laughs> like, what is this dude talking about? Man. Uh, when Clark is... You know, who's fantasizing about about the woman he met at the par- department store, and then is his little niece? No, I guess second cousin, mm-hmm. Ruby Sue, 
she comes she comes into the kitchen because she can't sleep and he's 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 talking with her and he's like um he's like well what's what's got you up and she's like oh you know we're kind of thinking about christmas and you know and not getting presents he goes it's also shitting bricks yes <laughs> and clock's like ah you really shouldn't say that. She goes, sorry, shitting rocks. <laughs> but she says it so innocently. It's, yeah. it's, it's cute and, and endearing, but she's just, you know, a little, little, uh, trailer park girl. Just trying to figure it out, man. Trying to figure it out. Just concerned. Are you Santa Claus? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. She was cute. Um, What's the lady's name? The one that you kept saying that was kept saying all the like just random stuff, the Pledge of Allegiance and all that. Uh, that is May Questel. Her M A E last name Q U E S T E L. Aunt playing the role of Aunt Bethany. So Aunt Bethany, uh, when she comes in, uh, she said, "Did I break wind?" <laughs> <laughs> then, then I guess that was her husband. The, the one was asking for the stogie. He was like, "Did the room clear out?" Like what are y'all? T- they're like in their own world. It's, he's like always on her, and she's just lost her mind. But he's like on her. Even when the squirrel is loose, they're the only two still sitting in the living room. Like he's asleep, and she's just there. She's just knitting, you know, yeah. doing her thing. Like they aren't moved by this squirrel yeah. running around. Oh man, that's all I got for quotes. Uh, one of my last one was uh, when the squirrel was running around. Uh, Clark was, "Where's Eddie? He usually eats these damn things." <laughs> And then his wife says, well, not recently. He found out they were high in cholesterol. <laughs> what? Oh, man. <laughs> um, do you have any questions for the the producers of this film, writers, directors, anybody? Not in particular. Okay. Possibly about how a family of four could, could carry a full tree through yeah. the snow right. and pull it tree out by its roots yeah. with no no physical tools yeah and uh two two young children and a, and a pretty small wife yeah uh yeah don't i don't i don't see that it's not happening it's not happening no um tree frozen into the ground at that yeah not happening so no no real questions trivia trivia the car scene was the the director's very first feature movie shot Oh yeah, and it was dull. Who? No, it's kidding. <laughs> Tough crap. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, it was just like a wide shot of the car coming towards. Like, yeah, it's it's basic. Well, I made the whole scene like the, the racing and all that kind of stuff, the stunts, all that. Like that's his very oh, first thing he was shot. Okay, I th- I, I, when he said that part, I thought he said, "This is my first shot." Mm. It was like it was a wide shot. And it was just them riding around. I think it was Colorado. They were just doing the. Actually, I take that back. They had, they had to split some of that up because some of they went back and shot towards the end because the family is more tan from, uh, co- yeah. and, from being and, in California. And that was uh, gr- uh, not green screen, but what is it? Uh, the back? Um, like a rear projection? Rear projection. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Doesn't match the scene. Diff crowd. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? <laughs> But I mean, I, I bet that director was going through hell dealing with that star. I'm just saying. I, I get the vibe. I get that's the vibe I get. It's like he just he should get an award just for making it through. Mm. <laughs> um. So trivia: the movie was cut on a moviola. What does that mean? It was manually cut. Like they're literally cutting the film. When they say they're cutting it, they're literally doing it old school style, which they said even at that time was not not preferred. the norm. No. 
you usually be on an avid. Right, right. Mm. Uh, the Christmas story, Christmas vacation story, excuse me, was actually the second vacation story written in the National Lampoon's magazine. So these movies were based on stories written in National Lampoon's magazine, and this was actually the second one. I never had the magazine. Neither did I. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Um, so some of the scenes were shot in Breck, Breckervich, hopefully I'm saying that right, and it was about when they were shooting, it was like 11, 12,000 feet in the air, and they needed oxygen, you know, for being up so high. Oh, air. wow, because of elevation. Yeah. That's interesting. Kind of part of the problems when, um, was it Denver? Whenever you play football over there. And they, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You hear about like, the, co- the football players dread doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think it was a, it was actually the sled scene, you know, that was a scene for the first time being up that high. Mm. That so, time. Brian Murray, who played the boss, is actually the older brother of one, Bill Murray. And actually was starring or, or playing the role in a, a some some show, I think maybe in Canada. Mm-hmm. And as he was getting ready to leave that show, he said, hey, well, my younger brother, he acts. And that kind of got Bill Murray on and possibly maybe helped jumpstart his career. Boom. When Took you, off. But once you see that, now you, when you see this guy, you can kind of see some similarities, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Murray's similarities to, to him. Interesting. Huh. Um, this is one of my last pieces of trivia, but the again the lady that played the forgetful grandmother or auntie May, May Questel or Castile, she played the voice actor of Betty Boop in Olive Oil. Yep, I had that down as well. I was like, oh, you can hear it in her voice, and when you see her face, when you see her eyes, mm-hmm. and you think about Betty Boop, like I feel like they based some of the design off of her actual face. Oh. I'd be interested to see like older or older pictures of her when she was younger. Oh. About that, yeah, and I again, her eyes reminded me of Betty Boop. Boop, boop, beetle. Oh, Popeye. <laughs> oh, olive oil. <laughs> now it's time for filmmaker tips. What you got? All right, younger actors might need comedic help with their timing. Oh, so um, the the actor that played Rusty um, won. Where are you at, buddy? Oh, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Galecki, he said that Chevy actually pulled him aside. It would it would give him like pointers, or actually like would would cue him on his timing for the the, the delivery of some of his lines, which actually uh. really helped him out because he hadn't he hadn't the kid hadn't done comedy before. So yeah, huh. so sometimes young actors might need some help with comedic timing. Let me get that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I would see Chevy with the like the doing the buck in the eyes, like. like hmm? Maybe it's a little too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because, you know, it's like the third film in, right? This is the third vacation oh, film. Yeah. Maybe it's like it's time to wrap this up. He's, Maybe they're over it. That's what I feel he's like. He's settled into the character for sure. But that's, I mean, those are, that's Chevy's thing. Like the eye, the eye buck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's Chevy, man. You In almost any of his movies, you're going to see him go for the, grit the teeth back. Okay. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but you can train a squirrel, but they don't live long. <laughs> just going to reiterate that. Just keep that in What's mind. What's that noise? A little squeaky noise. Wait a minute, I hear it too. Oh, wait, it's done. Uh, I don't think the score's alive anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, again, you can use old-fashioned techniques to make something feel timeless. That's what they did towards the latter scenes of this film. I do have a question. Um, how did that f- tree catch on fire so fast? 
It was just gone. When his uncle lit the, the, the cigar, the tree was just, just gone. Uh, that's a very good question. And nothing else caught on fire. Not the house, nothing. It was just that tree was just gone. Where'd the smoke go? It was like barely like that much smoke. That I'm not sure about. I am not sure uh, about <laughs> that. Because it happened so quick. It's like, it was just gone. One thing I found interesting is that once he brings in the new tree. Yeah. That he's in the bathroom washing his hands. I'm like, okay, is this time is he makes sure he washes all the sap off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, okay, he, he he knows it's gonna make him stick to everything. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah, he's losing his mind. Oh, yeah. Um. So, what are we watching next time? Next time we are diving into Family Man, and you can catch us where Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. You can also like and subscribe. To us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. We're on Twitter. You can find him at Reggie Titus. I'm at KCG Smith 32 If there's a film that you know that has commentary you think we should check out, drop us a line on, on any of those social media feeds. We're also on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He is at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. And I'm at KCG Smith 32 Until next time. Peace. Respect.